Welcome to Stuff We Love podcast. And just like that, we are back. It seems like it was a little more than two days ago. I was joined. I'm Scott, by the way. I was joined by Dean and Paul from the Butter and Bacon, the Good Stuff of Disney podcast, to talk about all the new Walt Disney World news regarding their reopening. And then, just like that, Disney decided to announce more reopening news. So, I think it was Dean that texted Paul and I earlier today and suggested that we do a, another episode. And here we are tonight. So, gentlemen, welcome to the Stuff We Love podcast. I loved it so much last time, I figured, why not have a sequel? Yeah, may as well. Might have, you know, it's uh, Disney reopened to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Let's be more like Godfather 2 than Mighty Ducks 2, though. True. Or Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Is... Is there anyone in the world that thinks The Godfather 3 is the best in the trilogy? No. Well, yes, probably, but no. That movie was never made. (laughs) Is it that bad, though? Is is it that bad? Sofia Coppola makes it bad. Mm. Here's the problem. One and two, and then three, right? Mm. If one and two weren't so good, Mm. then you could say, okay, maybe three wasn't that bad a movie. But when the bar was set that high and arguably even surpassed with the second one over the first... And then you come back with three. Don't do that. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like the argument, you know, all good, all, all cake is good, all pizza is good. But when you start off with delectable, awesome cake and New York, New Jersey, Connecticut pizza, you tend to sneer at the other pizza. But it's still pizza. There are people who think Florida pizza is good, and, and that's because they've never been to New Jersey or Connecticut or New York. They enjoy being wrong. <laughs> I love Sicilian pizza. That's my top. If you get it there, go to a place and they have good Sicilian, that's phenomenal. There are times I'm up for a lot of bread. That is a lot of bread. That's a lot of bread. It's bordering on like Chicago style, which I call pizza casserole. I it is a casserole. It is a casserole. So, so it really is just pizza casserole. Well, I say we just jump right into it tonight, fellas. What do you say? Let's I jump. Think, I think the polls are closed, but we'll do our best. So earlier uh, – t- Actually, was it today or was it yesterday that it they announced today. it? It was today. It was today. actually today. That's how long it's been a long was. day. So a few things happened in the world of Disney today. Apparently, a list came out on Twitter of the top Diz <laughs> Twitter accounts. Did I, did either of you uh, gentlemen make that list, by the way? No. Listen, that, that, that list is uh, invalid. That well, list was put together by somebody with like 500 followers that yeah. follows, you know, that, whatever. We'll, we'll, we will we will not discuss that. Uh, I'm just going to go with mathematically. I don't believe the person who put that list together has a good representative sample of Disney. There you go. That's it is it. statistically insignificant. Yes. That. I like the phrase. There are too many degrees of freedom left in that list. I'm going to get really <laughs> mathy on you if we keep going. <laughs> I can't so, keep up. Then the but you big can market news. it better than I can. <laughs> Sorry. The big, uh, yes, sir. The big news is obviously related to Walt Disney World. Uh, they followed up their announcement earlier this week about their reopening plans by s- announcing a few different things, which we wanted to discuss. And let's get right into it. So the first thing is that Walt Disney World announced that for all existing dining reservations, Disney dining plans that were booked as part of trips, and all Fast Pass Plus reservations – if you had them, you don't have them anymore. Everything was absolutely canceled. Gone. <laughs> Finito. Now, 
I want to ask you guys a question, which is when we were talking the other night about the fact that you're going to need to make a reservation to go to Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Personally speaking, it didn't even occur to me that Disney would have to cancel these things. But then when they made the announcement, I thought to myself, oh, of course they had to cancel these things. Yeah. Because people may have had, for example, a Fast Pass Plus reservation booked, and they may not be going to the park that day. Right. Paul, yeah. I'm going to start with you tonight. Tell me about your reaction to this news. Uh, my reaction was I was kind of surprised that it happened today and didn't happen at the same time as they announced the reopening dates. Right. Um, I mean, I can kind of understand a phased approach with communications of not wanting to let everything happen all at once because then it just becomes so much. But there is so much to a Walt Disney World vacation. So having operating hours reduced, um, you know, promoting that they're going to be doing social distancing, promoting that we're going to be doing masks more in a minute, promoting that, you know, you're going to have to do mobile ordering where available. It kind of made sense. You know, that you're not going to be able to have an ADR for Beer Garden um, because who knows if the table service will be open. And that's not something I think that Disney is making that decision. They're following the reopening guidelines from the state of Florida. So they can't make a determination in May for what is going to be happening in the state of Florida in July. Mm hmm. So from my opinion, all of the things that they kind of wiped clean, wiped the slate clean is because they can't make a promise. And I know they kind of did this already with some of the rebooking and Dean, I know you can talk about that, Um, you know, with, oh, you know, we're sorry we had to cancel your vacation. Here's a free dining package. Oh, wait, we're doing away with free dining. I think the reason they had to do that is because they don't know what restaurants are going to be able to be open. I think it's even far. I think they don't know what resorts are going to be open. That too. Because when Disney's running at 25, 30% capacity, some of that's local. They're not going to have every hotel in operation. And I mean, if if you've been around Disney long enough, you remember times back early 2000s where they were giving free upgrades because they wanted to shut down entire resorts when the the part of the uh, capacity was just not being close to met. So yeah, there were, there were times a lot where, of upgrades to Yeah, pe- people were booking in moderates. They'd get bumped to a, a low-level deluxe, or people yeah. they would try to bump people out of one of the all-stars or something like that and bump them up to a moderate because they just want to close down the whole facility. So you can't commit to a restaurant in one of those resorts being open if you can't commit to one of those resorts being open. So I, I can't let you have a, a lingering reservation at uh, Artist Point because we don't even know if Wilderness Lodge is going to be in use then. Yeah, maybe not a great example because that's a DVC resort, but you know, th- think of any moderate, for example, that may just get shut down. Why would you run Port Orleans French Quarter? You can easily move all that capacity to a different resort and not have to open that place at all. Yep. So the, um, in terms of making trip plans, it used to be, I guess, for most people, they would choose the dates they want to go, book their trip. Hotel stays, and uh, for example, they would book that and then purchase their tickets. Now, I guess the order is going to be reversed. If you were thinking of going to Walt Disney World on vacation, you would have to confirm you could get a reservation for the time you want to be there, and then you book your hotel, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've always approached it from a date-centric perspective. Um, you know, We don't go often. Even when we went often, it was once a year or every other year. 
Um, so, you know, we, we, we knew what the dates were and then basically, and this is before online, so it makes it a little easier where you just plug in your dates and you see what's available. Right. Um, I can't imagine that it's going to be very different. Um, I know that Disney has said that they have a new reservation system, um, which might, I, 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 I can't even figure out why it would be different from the current reservation system other than because it's tied to fast passes and all of that other stuff. This might be the wonder of flipping a switch for how many resorts? 38 to a new reservation system. I mean, uh, between DVC deluxe moderate and um, the (laughs) value quote unquote, there's a lot that needs to be done behind the scenes. So um, Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Something I should have made note of for our listeners is that in order to – they're giving priority on the reservations to annual pass holders and those with existing tickets. Yeah. Which is interesting. And then with regard to Fast Pass Plus and Extra Magic Hours, it, it's not just that they're canceling existing Fast Pass Plus reservations, but Fast Pass Plus for the time being is suspended. Yeah, if fine. I'm reading – is that correct? That the, yep, even that's if, right. Yeah, yeah. They they want to not have multiple queues running for social distancing purposes, and they're going to try to loop through the Fast Pass Plus queues to use up more space and have to be able to manage capacity at, at the attractions using some of that space. Using, not ha- I think part of it's just staffing too. It's just making sure you have people dispersed where they needed and not have to have so many running a line. So uh, for now, Fast it'll, it'll be like the old days. Fast Pass Plus will not exist. You will have to be in the park to get in line to go ride a ride. Yep, and and I mean, you're, you, I think you hit the nail on the head too. I mean, not only social distancing, you can't have two pulses of queues going at the same time, and it will reduce the amount of cast members that they need to operate. Because I mean, you think about it: how many cast members are in a queue to just pulse the line? You know, switch from fast pass. You got the one at the front checking times. You get the one midway through at like the you know the merge point. Sometimes you have, you know, cast members just kind of roaming <laughs> to, you know, tell people, you know, can you back up? Because people always congregate as their time approaches, mm-hmm. which makes no sense to me. It's like, uh, walk anywhere else. So, um, you know, that that doesn't need to happen, and it can't happen if they're trying to enforce a social distancing of the six feet or greater. You know, and you, know, you won't have the that, kiosks. Yeah. But one, one thing you just mentioned that popped in my head now is you mentioned that they're not going to have extra magic hours. Right. And yep. extra magic hours is one of the big perks of staying on property. Yep. So are people going to be less likely to stay on property now because they don't have that additional perk going for them? Well, the perk might be if they're not an AP holder that you need to stay on property in order to make sure that you can get a reservation to go to the that, park. That's that's actually probably a really good point, especially if they're going to rumors of 25 to 30% capacity. You, yeah. You may need yep. to be on property just to get in the door. You know, think, think of the phase closures for like 4th of July or Christmas day. I mean, the last people they shut out are resort guests. Paul, you, you made a comment on our show the other night saying that you talking about the after hours event that I've, I've attended and how much yeah. I love it and how we may not need it anymore. I, I just was thinking about this when Dean said 25 to 30% capacity. If you're in any of the Disney theme parks and that's the capacity, it's like you have the park to yourself. 25 it to does. 30% is nothing for that. It totally park does. Like that. 
you know, and particularly with the, tr- um, the theme parks with the more people eatery attractions. So like Magic Kingdom is a perfect example. Right. Even with social distancing in the queues, those queues are meant to hold a couple thousand people. Um, well, think about walking through like Pirates of the Caribbean in that yeah. enormous queue. If yeah. you go there at, later at night or during one of those party or after hour events, you feel like you're walking through that queue by yourself. It's, it's like it, a five almost minute to the point walk. it's a little scary. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it, at twenty five thirty percent. I think you're right, Scott. I think you're gonna feel like there's nobody there. Right. It'll be it'll be interesting. But also, that might get offset a little bit. Sorry, Paul. It might get offset a little bit by the fact that certain things are not going to be available. You may not have buffet restaurants open. You're yep. not going to have character meet and greets. There could be some attractions if there's too much uh, interaction that may be shut down. So you may be running with a, a park that doesn't have all of its uh, capacity, eat, people eater available because those things have been closed. And that's true. Um, a lot of those attractions aren't usually the ones that are pulsing several thousand people through each hour. Um, you know, I mean, just the first queue that comes to mind when it comes to empty during the Christmas party in particular, Space Mountain. It's you walk in and you you're in the room with the balls and you got the start tall and you got to start, you know, you walk down under the train track and then you're walking up and you're up and you're up and the virtual, you know, the, the games are going on. And you're and you want to stop walking. and play, but there's nobody in line in front of you, so no, you feel nobody. like you have to keep going. Right, and then you get to the end, and then it's Switchback Central, and you're like, holy crow, this mm-hmm. line is long. And you haven't needed to stop. So, you know, the park itself will, not, not to say that the park will find its own equilibrium, because you're right, Dean, you don't know what attractions are not going to be open with this. Um, if you go to Haunted Mansion, are they going to have people loading into every other Dune buggy? I don't know. You know, if you ride the People Mover, are they going to be doing every other car? It's very possible. One of the rumors I'd heard about Haunted Mansion is that they're not going to have the opening room because of the condensed yeah. yep. people in one spot. Unless, you know, again, is attendance low enough that they only have, instead of, I'm going to make up a number, 80 people in there, they only got 30 people in there. And well, I also they think... Do that deliberately. Sorry, Scott. I don't, no, go, go ahead, Dave. So they, they may do that deliberately. You may just have, you know, whatever they think the capacity is of the stretching room, they may just run that room at 20%. Right. To allow yep. people... You, you will no longer be requested to step in the dead center of the room. They will actually say, step as far away from the dead center as possible as leaving at least six feet between you and the next person. They're you know what say, they probably could probably don't be in this room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could do that, but I mean, I could even see, and this, this is something I would do is that, you know, kind of that glow in the dark or, um, the fluorescent tape on the floor, just make like a big yeah. spider web. By the way, I realized I called it the opening room. I should have known it's stretching, stretching room. room. I, Come on, man. I'm not making that this Twitter list after that. Era. No, <laughs> no, there's a reason none of us run that list. Let me ask you guys a question. I was a little confused by something I read in Disney's announcement. They said with regard to dining and experiences, we will also shift from a 180-day booking window to a 60-day booking window for dining and experience bookings going forward to allow guests to make their plans closer to their visits. Now, I thought at the beginning they're only going to have mobile-only ordering. This may, I, I'm confused. Like, take the Plaza Restaurant on Magic Kingdom. Is that is a place like that going to be open? I think um, part of why they're moving to 60 days is because they don't know the answer to that yet. Right. Yeah. That's like, like Paul said, they, they are following the guidelines of Florida. They're following, you know, CDC and, and 
WHO recommendations. And so I think they just don't know yet what can and can't be open. So I actually wouldn't mind if they stuck with this long term and, and kept the reservations at 60 days or even less. Disneyland gets by with a 60 day window. Yeah, I, I personally would like it to be 30 for everyone and 45 for resort guests. Mm hmm. Um, I think what that does is it stops people, and we all know people that do this, that book a trip a year in advance, 180 days pops up, you're up at like three in the morning when the website resets, and you're making all your ADRs, and all of it is awesome, and you know, you're six months out, and then you cancel your trip. But for the two months that you have those reservations, someone else can't have that reservation. Walt Disney World will limit reservation days booked by annual pass holders to manage capacity upon reopening. Mm-hmm. That's going to go over well. <laughs> so if I'm reading that headline correctly, what that means is that if you're an annual pass holder, you want to – Disney's only allotting a certain number of spaces in these reservations to annual pass holders, I guess. Yeah, that's that's how I read that, too. Um, I can't imagine that they're going to say you've been to Walt Disney World nine times this month. We're not letting you come in again. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of the reservation system. We are allotting 10 percent to annual pass holders. Yeah, that's that's going to be controversial because those are people that are going to say, well, look, I spend this money for an annual pass. I should get priority over someone that wants to visit just one day. Tough situation. They spend less. They spend less for the annual pass than the person that's visiting for one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean, the other night on our show, we were talking about Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party tickets, and you were pointing out that people go for the parade, they go for the fireworks. Well, another piece of news that came out is that Disney said that Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party tickets are still valid despite all these recent cancellations. And um, we don't know what's going to happen with the parade, with the fireworks. We're assuming they're going to be canceled. But the tickets are still valid, which suggests that they are still going to have a not-so-scary Halloween party, even if it's not a traditional not-so-scary. Good luck getting a refund. Mm. That could be a challenge. I, I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to do that. I'm, I'm, that. That's a lot to manage. Yeah. Yeah, and there's big, giant disclaimers on all of those tickets. Well, pretty much any ticket. that yeah. non-refundable. They're non-refundable. You bought right. a ticket, the t- particularly the parties, those are for spe- specific days. It's not yeah. even like a theme park ticket where you can try and make your reservation and then use the day that's on the media. No, this, this is, oh, you're going October 4th. That's the day. What would be interesting to see is, to your point, if they're not running fireworks... You know, fireworks, at least they can have viewing areas. But again, how Florida allows companies, you know, according to their guidelines, who can say right now what it's going to be like in October? Don't know. Yeah, that's the tough part. I mean, on one hand, Disney has these warning signs posted everywhere. Disney Springs, they have them. They're going to have them when you go to the parks, which is that we're not liable if you get the coronavirus from being here. It's yeah. basically putting the, the onus on the customer. Yep. Uh, so they – I mean I, I've always assumed Disney's going to be cautious and not every, open everything up, and they are being cautious. There's no doubt about it. But come October, hopefully the world will be in a better place, hopefully, and they may say, look, we're telling you you've assumed the risk. We're going to be 
filling up way more than we would have expected when this whole thing began. You know, mm-hmm. it would it would not be shocking to me if we see pictures from the not so scary Halloween party, and there are big crowds there, and it's very crowded. I don't know about very crowded because I still don't think cause, you know the the thing that. I think a lot of um, Disney Twitter in particular is forgetting that one in four Americans is unemployed right now. I think that you cannot overstate the financial impact that is happening right now, even for people that are fine, not at risk of losing their home, that have been able to pay their rent, pay their bills, you know, not falling behind all of that stuff doesn't mean they're going to have disposable income to go to Walt Disney World. As much as you might want to and, and maybe even need to, if there is such a thing, to get that escapism, you know, because you have had such a rough 2020. It doesn't mean that it's financially feasible for a lot of people. So I don't I, this is just my this is, again, not based on anything. I don't think it's going to be crowded until next year, just because there's going to be so many people that maybe would splurge for that once in a lifetime trip, be truly a once in a lifetime trip. But they just can't fork over three thousand dollars plus airfare. Well, not only that, but there, and that is a very real scenario you're mentioning. But even the folks who haven't been impacted with their employment, if this is the once in a lifetime trip, and yeah. Do you want to plan the once in a lifetime trip when you're not really sure what's going to be open? You're not sure what reservations you can get. You may not be able to stay in the resort you were planning on, and if you do, who knows if the pool's going to be open? And you can't. And the hours fireworks. are going to be limited, and you know fireworks. <laughs> like I, I have a client who had a book tripped for the same week that I was going to be there in May. He he had a full week trip. He bumped it out. He's got a trip for October now, mm-hmm. and he's got a little girl, a little daughter. She's probably in the four to five year old range. Uh, had her all set with Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. They were going to eat in the castle. Had a bunch of character meals planned. Well, now all his reservations are canceled because he had rebooked everything for October. So he was all set again with a whole other trip. All his fast passes are canceled. Bibbidi Bobbidi is not guaranteed to be open. So no. I would think it might follow the salon and barber guidelines, but Disney yeah. seems to have a different take right now on anything that involves contact. So he's saying, you know, even if it's open in October, I think I'm better off just waiting another year. So if my, was my, did my daughter know about the trip? Yes. Was she excited? Yes. We told her it's postponed. She's young enough maybe not to have a real understanding of May versus October versus next May. Yeah. I don't know. That That's for him and his family part to figure out. But I can see where this is probably for them going to be a once in a lifetime or a once in every many years type trip. He wants to have the full experience. So he's going to be that type of traveler is going to be another person who's not going to go the rest of 2020 until they know yeah. what's really available. Yep. And, and you know, it's, it's similar to, and I know we're not talking about the cruise line right now because really no news has come out about the cruise line. But, I mean, I could see people that would not take a cruise if they can't do port excursions. Because, right. you know, for a lot of people, that is their opportunity to see parts of another country or countries that they don't get to, and taking those port excursions is the best way, you know, particularly if it's a Disney-run one. I mean, those are fantastic. It's once, it, it's almost like a preview of an Adventures by Disney trip. Um, but if you can't get off the boat in Italy, why would you book the cruise? All right. One of the things I've heard with regard to summer travel is that the types of reservations that are up are renting shore houses. Um, yeah, but that, for example, the Jersey shore, from what I've read, 
summer bookings are actually doing quite well. But I would think that's because a lot of the people are local. It's an easy trip, easy location for people to get to, especially from non Jersey Shore parts of the state and New York and so forth. But the Disney World the experience. Bennies. It's Benny's. Yeah, it's Benny's. <laughs> uh, but the Disney World experience and the Vegas experience. I mean, you could name tons of places in the United States that are like that. I, I can't see them having strong summers. I just don't see it. No, uh, I agree. Not well, to Disney. Cruise Line will not have a strong summer. They're canceled no. through the end of July. Yeah, right. Cruise Line is not <laughs> so, going to have a summer. Yeah. Um, and and the other thing too, they got to remember in the Orlando area, there is a lot of vacation destination accommodations. Um, not just on-site hotels. You have off-site hotels. You have convention hotels. You've got vacation homes. You've got um, condos. You've got timeshares. You've got retirement communities. You've got all of these places that is basically made for the vacationer. And they're all going to be clamoring for people. And I'm, I'm just not sure how many people are going to be traveling down there. Going on to the other news stories, nothing as major as what we've talked about, but some, some stuff does deserve, open, uh, deserve mentioning. Uh, in Disney Springs, a couple of other locations have reopened up. Sephora is open and enforcing social distancing. And Paddlefish, the seafood restaurant, has opened up with social distancing measures. Uh, by the way, guys, have you been to Paddlefish? Have not, but they follow me on Twitter. Do they really? Yeah. Dean, have Let's you see. been there? Uh, not under the name Paddlefish. Yeah, so I, I was there at Fulton's Crab House. Fulton's Crab House a few times, yeah. I, I was there as the Empress Lily. Mm. My, my wife Fulton's. always calls it the Empress Lily. She, she went back in those days, too. Yeah. Then we got this news story, for which is important, I know, to, to us. NBA Board of Governors expected to approve resuming season in Orlando, voting to take place on Thursday. So it does appear that the NBA is coming back. It's going to be held at Wide World of Sports and Disney World. Very excited for this, just to see how this all plays out, because now we're combining two of my favorite things in the world, sports and Disney. I'm intrigued. Now, I'm, I'm assuming nobody will be in the stands. One of the things I heard, who was talking about it? Bill Simmons was talking about it on his podcast. He said he hopes that while the games are not open to fans, that the other players will be able to go to the games and watch. So there's no- I can't see why not. I can't. Yeah. I honestly, because you know, and and I've talked about this a little bit on Twitter too. You're going to have teams that are going to be these guys are going to get tested, if not daily, every other day. Um, you're going to have if they again if they go according to rumor, the NBA is going to basically take over two, if not more, resorts completely. You're not going to be able to go to those resorts if you're not a member of the team or the staff or the referees. Um, I am looking forward to this. I don't watch the NBA. Um, I'm a much bigger fan of college basketball. This is going to feel like March Madness, though, mm-hmm. because it's going to be smaller court. It's going to be you'll be able to hear the squeaking, the shoes and all of that stuff going on. Um, it's going to be on the same court night after night after night, different teams. Um, I, am I'm, I'm looking forward to see, hopefully it passes. I'm looking forward to seeing this. I will watch this wherever it is. 
I would think it's going to be nonstop games. It, it, yeah. I think it would have to be, not just in the evening, but I think during the daytime hours, they'd have to be playing these games to fit everything in. And it's fantastic. I mean, they can they can probably assemble a floor. Um, and I haven't been to Wide World Sports in a while. I know they have the, the Milk House, or at least it used to be called the Milk House. Um, and it, they could probably assemble a floor on top of the floor that they have. The, they have, have uh, they have six courts in the Milk House. Okay. As far but, as I know. Right. So that's... That, that right there can be 12 teams playing at once. And then they have right. other facilities that could be used. Right. Other, and, and other buildings there. So they, they could easily build 10, 12 courts, I think, maybe even more. Yeah, because, I mean, and the reason I say build the court on top of the floor that's there, um, I've, yeah, I lived around Syracuse, would go to the Carrier Dome to watch the men's basketball team play. Um, and they would have to build the court on the football field. And because if I recall correctly, the markings that are on the actual floor in the milk house are not NBA dimensions. Fair. Yeah, yeah, so, fair you know, the, and, the, and the arc is different. The the lanes are different. Um, so they would have to do something. Players are not going to play on a sticker. I mean, these are my, <laughs> yeah, these are these are the best in the world. They're not going to be playing on, on a sticker. So it's going to have to be actual floor paint like like they are well, accustomed and- to playing. They're also going to need practice facilities. Yes. So some of those floors would be, have to be used, or, or unless they're going to build separate practice facilities, that the teams are going to want their practice space. Of course. And, and that would be their practice space. So it wouldn't be like, uh, you know, my daughter's showing up for, for goalie training, and then, you know, she's got to leave so that the next group of kids can do their training. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, we have to leave because the Knicks are going to play. <laughs> No, no, they got to at least get bumped off for a playoff bound team. Come on. <laughs> My <laughs> I, dad. I had heard, I had heard they're going to try to go with three courts for actual game facilities, uh, which would suggest what you said, that there will probably be games throughout the day. It's not yeah. just going to be nighttime games, which would be fantastic to watch. Yes. Love that. Love Multiple it all. screens. Multiple screens. It'd I have the like NBA package. So they actually offer games in virtual reality if you have a VR headset. Oh. I would love to put on a, a virtual reality headset and watch nonstop games. Oh, yeah. I literally sit there in my living room with virtual reality glasses on watching Nugget Spurs or something like that. <laughs> it's fun. It's really amazing the way, the way it looks sitting courtside. I never sat courtside, by the way. Out of all this, I've been to so many sporting events in the, over the years. Never sat courtside. That's, if I could sit one seat in any sport, I would say courtside for NBA. I haven't sat courtside NBA. I've sat courtside for um, a bunch of college games, which is fun. Yes. Um, and probably my greatest experience, though, was sitting behind Martin Brodeur, um, second row, um, to watch the Devils play. I'm not yeah. a Devils fan. But, man, when you're second row, holy crow, that game is different. <laughs> oh, yeah. The speed. I mean, I, I, uh, I've sat – close to the ice a couple of times over the past few seasons at Florida Panthers games and devil's games, the yeah. speed that those guys skate, it oh. changes the whole intensity, the whole way you look at it. It's, it's unbelievable. The whole thing. And, and when what's amazing, you know, downside is when you're that close, but you're not close enough, you can't see the puck when it's close. <laughs> like right. once it gets into that offensive zone, it's like, well, I'm just going to watch what guys do because I can't see where the puck is. Right. Um, but man, yeah, I, I agree. I think court, courtside for an NBA game would be great. You got to, uh, not be involved in your nachos, however. Oh right. yeah. You need to pay attention. Now, I've never sat courtside NBA, uh, but I sat press box NBA. 
Ooh, Did you really? Which was wow. neat. Yeah, well, old Boston Garden. Got to watch the Bullets, which gives you a sense of how old I'm talking. Oh, yes. Uh, Bullets and Celtics and uh, Scott Skiles went for a triple double, but the Celtics won the game. Wow. And I was I was up in the press box. That was really cool. Speaking of the Last Dance, we were talking about that on, on the other night's episode. <laughs> I, I finished talking... it finally. What'd you think? Uh, you know, I lived it. <laughs> I lived it. I, I didn't need to rewatch it, but. There was, you know, out, out of 10 hours or, you know, probably a little less than that with commercials of programming, there was maybe an hour and a half of uh, new information that was released. Right. Well, to show you how bad the New Jersey Nets drew crowds, mm-hmm. I was talking to Joe, who's one of the hosts on the Stuff We Love podcast, too, and we went to school together uh, when we were younger, and we both remember our school, it was middle school, got to take a trip to a Nets Bulls game and see Jordan. And as we showed up in school buses, that's how badly the Nets drew. <laughs> Everybody wow. talks about how all around the country people would come to see Jordan, which is true. That's certainly true. Uh, but not at the Nets. <laughs> Even Jordan couldn't bring him in because I have vivid memory of going to that game and not believing that we were seeing Jordan. I saw him play a few times in person, Michael Jordan, and it was so exciting every time from the warm-ups. Just from that moment on, it's like I couldn't believe there he was. I was watching him play. Great memories. Yep, never got to see him play live, which is definitely a sport regret. Yeah. I'll tell you a sport regret. Here's a sport regret, and then we'll talk some more Disney. I have been in attendance at two no-hitters in a perfect game. I was at Jim Abbott's no-hitter. Nice. I was at Hideo Nomo's no-hitter. What? I was at David Wells' perfect game, and I had tickets to David Cohn's perfect game, and I didn't go. Whoa. I was was at Dwight Gooden's no-hitter for the Yankees. Yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah. I was also at a game where the Yankees were down eight to three, and I said if they don't score here in the eighth, we might as well hit the road. And then A Rod hit a walk off grand slam. Oh. Yeah, missed that one. But I beat the traffic. Yes. <laughs> uh, probably my favorite sporting memory, and it's 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 probably one of my favorites because I really had no invested interest at all in either team. When I was out in Kansas City for college, we went to a Kansas City Royals Chicago White Sox game. And this was a big hurt era, um, you know, mid 90s. And man. oh, man, he's a huge man. Um, we <laughs> uh, we bought upper level seats and they did the Disney upgrade where we could sit, you know, mezzanine. And so we did. But what we did is we changed our seats every inning. <laughs> because they didn't care. If I had to estimate, there were maybe 2,000 people there. Um, Royals were terrible. White Sox were terrible at the time. But the White Sox went out to a 10 nothing lead in the first inning. Whoa. So, yeah, we were like, well, we're just going to have fun. That'll clear the crowd even more. Yes, we're just going to have fun. We're going to sit in all these different seats. We're going to get the different vantage points. The ushers were so bored. Um, except they did yell at us when we sat all the way at the end of the 300 level. <laughs> so, no, 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 you can't, you can't be sitting here. Um, get, get, get into better seats. The Royals won 11 to 10. So the White Sox had a 10 nothing lead. Royals won 11 to 10. Wow. Yes. How long was so, the game? It That's wasn't that long. It wasn't really? like, yeah, well, it, it was before every pitcher came in to face one batter. You know, so it, 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 it I, I want to say, you know, I don't remember the game being any, any longer than normal. It did not go to extra innings. But um, it ended up being an exciting game because it was like, do you think you can do it? Nah, they're the Royals. They're terrible. And, you know, and I'm a Cardinals fan. So, you know, yeah. 
it was fun just to watch the baseball game happen. And then just the fact that a Chicago team lost made me feel even better. Well, let's turn back to Disney for a couple of minutes here. Uh, first off, I think we covered all of the major news stories. Am I missing anything that came out today? Not a news story, but I don't think I asked this yet, and it popped in my head earlier, and we, we switched conversations. But what do you think this means for people with park hopper tickets? Mm. I can't see it being possible. I think it can, because if a reservation gets you entry to a theme park, much like when once you walk through the turnstile, your ticket mm. is used, I think that reservation would be good for any of the theme parks. But they may tell you you can't go to this particular theme park because it's full. Uh, yes. Unless the rules are more like guidelines. I, I, I'm trying to think in my head now. I don't know why I just thought of this, but I was trying to think about Universal Studios Orlando and how I anticipate they're going to do at this stuff versus Disney. Um, don't know why I thought of that, but I'm just picturing – Dean, when you mentioned park hopping, I was thinking of Universal where they have – Easy access to go from Islands of Adventure to Universal Studios Orlando and vice versa. How that's going to play out. Well, I mean, they'd have to. They have an attraction that runs between the two. Right. Yeah. If you had to speculate about what hotels would be the likeliest to close first due to low booking capacity, which ones would you suspect would close first at Disney? Good question. I think it's got to be ones that they can pretty well wall off. So I could see the French Quarter and Port Orleans combo being not used. Mm -hmm. I could see maybe Pop Century being not used. I don't think anything with DVC ca capability will be not used. Yeah, I think they need to keep all those points in, in circulation. And if they're going to do that, they're going to run those restaurants, which means they would keep those resorts open. So I'm racking my brain for a, a remaining deluxe that doesn't have DVC, and I don't know if they exist anymore. Yeah, off I don't the top think of they my exist. head, <laughs> unless what they do is they use the DVC uh, or they use the hotel portion. See, even that it it would be because I'm trying to also work in our perfect scenario where the NBA has like entire buildings. Um, so like the hotel portion might be for NBA only. While the DVC port, like as an example, the Grand Floridian. If you're a Grand Floridian DVC owner, you can stay in the building, but no guests will be at the Grand Floridian. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So only only open to DVC members. Right. And only open to home resort Grand Floridian. I could totally see that. You know, where they don't let you just use your points wherever. Um, I actually think they would keep Port Orleans Riverside open. That the, no, that's the bigger one. Port Orleans French Quarter open. I don't think they open Caribbean Beach. That would be another one they could easily close off. In a normal world where there was no coronavirus, do you think Caribbean Beach, due to its being on the Skyliner, is the most popular moderate resort right now? I think that's why they would close it which sounds silly, but um, it, it's just another, I mean, I think they're going to have the Skyliner running. I think it'd be silly not to, mm -hmm. um, but I, see, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it is the other way that they'd staff that resort and not have Port Orleans, French Quarter and Riverside. 
because then you think about it, it's less boat traffic to go back and forth to Disney Springs. And there aren't too many restaurants there. I'm not sure if the River Roost would be able to open. It depends on what the bar situation is. Yeehaw Bob's counts as live entertainment. Right. No, I think that's why they can close the, that down and just not, yeah. not have to deal with it. Disney is whatever the state of Florida does in terms of guidelines of you know telling restaurants this is how many people they can have other theme parks. Disney's going to take a slow go at the whole thing, and that's fine. Um, so I think Disney is going to be moving one at least one step behind many other things in the state of Florida that are reopening perhaps at a quicker pace because they're under such scrutiny and pressure to get it right. It's a very daunting task for those that are in charge of putting this whole thing together. It really is. They just yeah. have so much more to manage than other places. Yeah. It, it's not, here, let me open my one Six Flags with no resorts around it, or even Universal, which is, you know, two parks and a couple, re- or three three parks if you want to do a water park, but I'm not sure that Volcano Bay is opening right away. Volcano uh, Bay is opening. Oh, it, it is? is. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I hadn't read mm-hmm. that. Um so but they're not a... opening Endless Summer Resort, and one of the other resorts is not opening right. as well. Speaking of that, uh, they did. there is some universal news today, which is on June 2nd, certain of the Universal Orlando hotels are going to be opening up. Those will be Hard Rock, Royal Pacific, Sapphire Falls, Cabana Bay, Aventura, and actually, I'm, I'm confused reading this. It does say Endless Summer. I read Endless Summer would not be open because there's two parts to Endless Summer. I don't see Portofino on that list. Hmm. Oh, here we go. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll flush this out a little more. Uh, plans for Los Portofino and Universal's Endless Summer Resort will be announced at a later time. So this could ah, be a typo. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're staying at one of the hotels at Universal that's open, you are going to be able to visit the theme parks on June 3rd and 4th prior to the public reopening on June 5th, which is interesting. So they're letting people who are staying at their hotels, get early access to the park, which I guess is a way for the park itself to prepare for the larger opening. And then, of course, they have the standard stuff about checking your temperature, face coverings, self-screening for symptoms, and all that stuff. Yeah, so they're going to open Surfside Inn and Suites, but not yet the Dockside Inn and Suites. That's right. Endless Swimmer. It's going to be split. That's it. Uh, um, It's going to be fascinating to see all this develop. I, I, I... we joke around a lot about Twitter, but I, one of the cool things about being a Disney fan on Twitter is the fact that there will be people there that we follow, and they'll be posting pictures and videos from the park. So we're really going to get a sense of the precautions that are in place uh, as the park reopens. It's going to be very interesting to, to see this all shape out. Oh, and uh, as a follow-up to our conversation from before, uh, Disney Springs was completely dead today. It was. Oh, interesting. I hadn't followed anybody to see that. <laughs> yeah, yep. Empty. Again, this is not a political statement because we don't talk politics on the show, but poll after poll show that people, even with stuff opening up, they're not going out to places anywhere like what they used to do. So Disney Springs, the audience that would be there now would be locals. But even there, it's, um, you know, I was having a conversation with someone in Miami tonight who went out to bring in food. And he told me that a lot of people were not wearing masks and a lot of people were not practicing social distancing. So that 
if you start to see people trying to do that stuff at Disney, I know they're going to have people enforcing it and all that. But it's a recipe for trouble. It really is. It's not. It's such a delicate situation that it's it's. As I said, as I talk for those that are listening, I can't. You can't see me. I'm I'm kind of shaking my head because I I just think this is so tough to put together. I'm gl- I, in a way, it's comforting that the parks are reopening. Uh, just like when I watched footage of the Disney Springs reopening, I felt comforted seeing things that I love get back into action. But at the same time, it's kind of like. Uh, I'm nervous about where all this is going. I, I, it's just, I know we have to get back as a country, but I just don't want to do too much too soon. Yep. That's as political as I'll ever get on Stuff We Love podcast. Hmm. Question for you, gentlemen. If you had to guess, this is pure speculation. When do you envision Disney World ever going? So uh, when do you ever envision it going back to the way it used to be? That's something else that struck me with this news. When you read they're canceling these reservations and you can't book traditional dining reservations it's almost like we're in this black hole of what this is our trip planning for an extended period of time and that it all goes back to the uncertainty surrounding the coronavirus it's like when can we get out of this hole that we find ourselves in don't know Mm -hmm. because the virus is going to do what the virus is going to do yeah i mean you can't control it now it's interesting you said get back to the way it used to be Get back to the way it used to be when. Right. That My, my answer to your question was going to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek snarky of never. Because I don't think it will get back to, quote, the way it used to be. If you're defining the way it used to be as you know, February 25th. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, this this is it, – the, the parks are hitting a reset. The resorts are hitting a reset. The restaurants are hitting a reset how they come out of it is going to be in the best interests of the Walt Disney company. So if that means no more dining plan because they don't make any money on it anymore, or it's just bad customer service, you know, all around that, you know, the restaurants aren't happy. Walt Disney world's not happy. Guests walk away, not happy. Maybe dining plan doesn't return. Um, fast pass might, I, I can't see this happening. FastPass Plus, where you make your reservations, again, you know, months in advance, that might not return. Um, six months ahead for dining reservations might not return. Let's hope that doesn't return. Well, I, and I, I agree. I mean, like I said, I, I, I would prefer to see it be 30 days and 45 for on-site. Two weeks. That, sure. First come, first serve. Well, you could do that, too. I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I mean, you could see, I, I've seen a lot of people say that Walt Disney World could adopt what Disneyland does with MaxPass, where you got to be in the park to make your FastPass reservations, which sure, fine. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. But I mean, you're right. I mean, when, when is it returned to quote unquote normal? Hmm. It, it depends on what your, <laughs> what your version of normal is. Right. And when. It may take a vaccine and then some real tested time before you see full-on built crowds. But will people? I, I think there's going to be a mentality shift, though, because I, you know, it's almost like once <laughs> once you see something, you can't unsee it. I think that once people start seeing how easily this is spread, and then you know, they, well, what? Are, you know, there are people again, not to be political, but it's like, well, why don't people act like this for the flu season? People might now act like this for the flu season mm-hmm. i've heard some experts and paul you're an expert uh, <laughs> say that just not in this talk about that stuff 
Also, there was something about the coronavirus I read. It was from a legitimate news site, which the statistic I read, if I'm reciting it correctly, is that experts now believe that 80% of the coronavirus cases were spread by 10% of certain uh, of people infected with it. So in other words, they're, they call them super spreaders mm-hmm. of the illness. And they don't know why certain people are spreaders. You know, We all know that typhoid Mary, the person that was responsible for spreading that, in a way, it's a similar concept to that. And they also now really think that gatherings of crowds are major sources of spread, which yep. is why you see church gatherings resulting in cases, sporting events, concerts. And the longer concerts. you're in that crowd, the more likely you will be to catch it. So it's not, you know, people say, well, well, how come people can go to Target or go to the grocery store? Well, you're only in there for half an hour. Right. You're in church for an hour. You're and at you're, you're in the same event. spot for an hour. You're not yeah. only there, but you're in the same spot. Right. It, um, and you're around the same people for that entire period of time. When you go to a sporting event, you're there for three hours for the game plus. Right. Um, you go to Walt Disney World. I mean, yes, you are moving around, but I mean, it, it's it, it, you can't you can't know how many people are touching that queue railing, um, how many people are touching that honey wall in the in, in, the, Winnie <laughs> the, Pooh, in the Winnie the Pooh queue. Um, how many people are drinking from the um, interactive fountains in the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Um, it, it, it's things like that that I think people are going to be very cognizant of. That you know, there were people that would bring Purell all around and be cleaning their hands before and after every ride, and people looked at them like they were freaks. I don't think people are going to be looking at anyone like they were freaks. No. Um, I know we didn't we didn't touch on it, um, but you know. I think you will see masks, and I think masks will be allowed going forward, a lot like they are in Asia. Right. Um, just even you know, even post coronavirus. Even post coronavirus. Oh yeah, that'll, I think that'll become more normal. That will just wear it for the peace of mind. That yeah. and again, the mask is not for you. The mask is so you don't get other people sick. Um, I, think, you know, I think for some people it's comforting to wear though. They, they think sure. it it helps them protect themselves somehow. Right. There was some chart I saw, I think it was released by the CDC, but don't quote me on that, that it kind of broke down scenario by scenario, percentage risk of transmission. And, you know, the greatest risk would obviously be two people within six feet, neither one wearing masks. Right. Then it would reduce as, you know, one person would wear a mask, then another person and and so forth. So I, 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 I this is a personal thing. I feel safer wearing a mask. I know, like you said, Paul, it's, it's for others, not for you. I still feel more comfortable wearing a mask. Um, I'm not sure I would wear it when the pandemic ends. That's something I, I really hadn't thought about. But um, I certainly agree that I think you're going to see society as a larger, larger groups in society wearing masks yep. when this all is done. And I mean, one of the other announcements is that they're making, they're making, they're um, having children that are now two and older will be right. wearing masks, not three and older. Um, I'm not sure the significance of why they went to two, but you, I, I don't know. Um, but I saw a better graphic, um, than the, um, than the, wear the mask. It, it's basically, if you have somebody peeing and you were wearing pants, you are still going to get pee on your pants <laughs> when they're peeing on you, but you won't get pee on your leg. Most of it will be in the pants. If you are peeing and you are wearing pants, it will not be on anyone else. It will be all on you. <laughs> I, 
Maybe not the analogy I wanted right there. I, it, but you know what? <laughs> I just had a lot of weird images in my head. I'll send you the talking. picture. I can find it. Well, guys, before we uh, we conclude tonight, we've been talking about a lot of serious stuff. Let me throw out some fun stuff, just some fun stuff, because this is the stuff we love podcasts. And I guarantee for all of our new listeners, usually the topics are not as serious as they are. Heavy tonight. It was. It was a little heavy, but it's important. Look, it's important. We cover a lot of theme park stuff on this podcast. This is big stuff right now. Not only is it big for theme park fans, but it's major news. When Disney World announced their reopening plans, it was one of the top stories on all of the news sites. So. It's a major national moment now, and of course we're going to talk about it. Um, and, and like I said earlier in the show, there, even though I'm nervous about all this stuff, there is something comforting about seeing people go to Disney Springs, seeing people go to City Walk, and uh, I, I think it's for for me at least I do find it comforting. Uh, the um, but let's, let me just throw this out there. I want to let's talk about some stuff we love. Uh, what are you doing while staying home? Give me like, what music are you listening to? What shows are you watching? Have you seen any good movies? Give me give me a couple of highlights here. Let's start with you, Paul. Me, I'm actually um, it, it dovetails, um, you know, because I have no commute because I work from home. Um, so I actually am not listening to much music or podcasts. That's when I would do it is you know in the car. Um, and I do video editing, so I can't really listen to stuff while I work because it you know, doesn't work that way. But what I have been doing is um, I subscribed to Masterclass, uh, which is a really neat tutorials and it's like virtual um, mentorship. And uh, the first one that I, the first session that I did was Bob Iger. Yeah. Um, talking about, you know, creativity, leadership and stuff like that. You know, very work technical stuff. But, um, but they're, they're involved. I mean, his session I think was a little over three hours. And um, I'm about halfway through one with Ron Howard, the director. And, um, you know, he's doing case studies of, uh, you know, decisions that they made and, you know, it really working um, in a collaborative environment. So I'm, I'm really finding that um, very interesting. Yeah, I've seen ads for that on Facebook. I often see the, the promo for Bob Iger. He's sitting there. And he uh, he's giving a little bit of a intro to what he t- what he's talking about. I thought that would be good. You're the, you're the first yeah. person I know that signed up for it, so I'm glad to hear you yeah. like it. Yeah, it's it's I, I it, for me, and again, and I'm I'm in that mindset of I will never stop learning. I will never stop wanting to learn things. Yeah. So you know, for me, masterclass, they're constantly adding people. Um, you know, I think I've got uh, I think I've got a writer up. I think it might be Neil Gaiman. Um, that I want to do next mm-hmm. after Ron Howard. Dean, tell me something you've been doing while staying home. Oh, I am glad Billions is back on. I don't know if you watch that show. I enjoy that one quite a bit. And I've been watching older movies with my son and catching him up on some of the stuff he needs to have seen in his lifetime. Like, uh, give me a couple more, examples. What, one of the more recent ones we finally watched together, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Great. Nice. Great movie. So allowing him a little bit more into uh, into those kind of films. What was oh we watched um, we watched Goonies. Goonies, yeah. So you know that 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 theme. So they're still you know appropriate for the ten year old age. We're a little bit conservative on that stuff. Like I would not let him play Fortnite with his friends for the longest time, even though he had friends that you know age seven or eight that were playing that game. Like mm-hmm. yeah, you could wait till you're a little older. Yep. Um. So you know just just trying to manage. Uh, getting through definitely the nicer weather and having the pool open now gives us a little bit more house activity oh yeah and 
I've been doing a lot of yard work. So I got four trees cut down in the yard. Stumps are now ground and gone and uh, trying to make the outside of the house a little bit more beautiful. So staining the deck is up next. I've been, okay. avoiding, I've been avoiding that. I power washed it a few weeks ago, but I've been avoiding actually having to do the work of staining. It's like, oh, it rained two days ago. The deck might still be wet. Can't do it. <laughs> but time time to get out there and do that. So, yeah, a little bit of housework, a little bit of TV shows, so some older movies that I enjoy that I want to introduce to him. Mm-hmm. How about you? I have been... Watching a lot of TV, when I think about all the shows that I've watched since this whole thing began, it's quite a few. As I mentioned on the other episode, I just started What We Do in the Shadows on FX, which is a good show. But uh, I watched uh, High Fidelity on Hulu, which is a uh, TV show version of, of the music book and music film, film that starred John Cusack. This one starred Zoe Kravitz in the lead role. I like that. The most recent season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um miscellaneous stuff like that watching movies although not a lot of recent movies left to see I've, I've watched most of those i'm enjoying watching some of the stuff on disney plus that i hadn't previously seen some of these animated films that i never uh never saw um podcast music all that stuff it's uh last dance <laughs> i watch the last dance all 10 episodes yeah reading you know i'm, I'm always reading I, uh, what did I, uh, finish reading recently? It's amazing when you read books. I mean, sometimes I, I finish a book and I have no right. I can't even think of which book it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what it was. It was a Beatles book by Peter Asher, who was the member of the sixties group, Peter and Gordon, who knew the Beatles. F- fascinating stuff. Peter, Peter Asher is the brother of an actress named Jane Asher, who was a big star in England. And she was Paul McCartney's girlfriend in the 1960s. At the height of Beatlemania. And the crazy thing is that Paul McCartney went to live with the Asher family in London when he was in the Beatles. And he shared, he was in a bedroom on the same floor as Peter Asher. And there's so many great stories in the book. One of the stories is that one day Paul and John were in the basement of the house playing the piano. And they called Peter Asher downstairs and said, hey, can we play you this song we just wrote? So Peter Asher sat down. With John Lennon and Paul McCartney, and John Le- John and Paul played him, "I Want to Hold Your Hand." It was the first time that song had been played to anyone outside of John and Paul. Stories like that just amazing to me, you know. This and he has a show on SiriusXM on the Beatles channel from uh, from Atheus. I read that book. Actually, I'm about to start. You know, Tosh and Book Company. They publish these beautiful coffee table books. Uh, there's one that they did about Disneyland, vintage Disneyland. I'm about to start that. I just gotta physically read it's tough to physically read because it's so huge i'm like do i sit with it in my lap you know what, mm-hmm. what do i do it's like holding a baby but um <laughs> yeah stuff like that let me ask you guys a question are, are, since you're both podcast hosts if do you find yourself listening to less music and more podcasts do you ever struggle with that no <laughs> so you listen to more music yeah no, I, I had shifted over, and, and particularly when I had to commute, I was listening to more podcasts and less music. Yeah. Now that I work from home and my family's home all the time, I listen to less podcasts and less music. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Um, I am doing the Marvel MCU rewatch, um, which I just finished up Captain Marvel last night, so I'm up to Endgame. Um, You're and making then after- progress. You're almost done. Yeah, I'm almost done. I only got two more movies to go. Um. So and I'm running out of characters, so I, I have to find in, new and interesting ways to abbreviate the movie titles. <laughs> uh, but um, 
yeah, I mean, doing that, you know, a lot like you said, um, you know, catching up on stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, my daughter really likes the um, Be Our Chef. I love that show. <laughs> I want to get into that. I haven't started it yet. It's yeah, a fun it's, show. And you know what? I, it, it, your your uh, your family would enjoy it, Dean. Everybody. Yeah, well, that, that's what it is. I want to sit down and watch the, the three of us together, and we we haven't been able to pull that off. We've been we've been watching stuff, but you know, more like the movies I was listening before. Yeah. I, I want to just follow up on your Jane Asher story and just let you know that the song "We Can Work It Out" was inspired by her. Oh, there you go. So Thank I, you. A few others as well, but I find that interesting. Yeah. Um, that's that's crazy stuff. Cra- crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, that's what we've been doing. You know, it's uh, and of course following this Disney news, it's very interesting time to be a theme park fan. And we'll see how things shape out when the when the parks open up. It's going to be we have a taste of it from what happened in Shanghai. Um, it seems like from all indications they're doing a pretty decent job over there with the park reopening. And we'll see how it plays out uh, in Orlando and then soon in, in Anaheim. Um, but anyhow, gentlemen, thank you again for for coming on the podcast for this unexpected episode, part two of our news series. Let's hope there's not a part three. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. There could be. Oh, there's going to be part three. They're going to yeah. announce that annual pass holders are banned from the parks for yeah, right. the rest of the year. Well, I think when we get the official NBA to Disney announcement and uh, how many teams are actually going to be invited and how that's all going to play out, that there could be a part three just in the uh, basketball Disney crossover episode. Oh, yes, absolutely. Might have to figure out how to get Amy on here. If the NBA goes to Disney, I'm going to shoot a text to LeBron and ask him to front me my refund. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then tell Disney, just pay him back. He, can, I, I, He's good for it. He's Listen, good for I, it. I used to grocery shop in the same store as Ray Allen, so maybe he'll throw you a few bucks. Ray <laughs> Allen, star of He Got Game. You remember that movie? I do. I do. Ray Allen was a great old, player. Oh, he was a great player. I love those old basketball movies, like the 80s, 90s basketball movies. They were great. Yeah. We were staying in a Sheraton in Philly, um, and I don't know who the team was, but they very clearly were NBA players <laughs> who were <laughs> staying there as well <laughs> because they Wait, got in the elevator. Sh- yeah, go, go ahead, Paul. They were staying in the elevator with us. It's 1991, um, so I honestly could not tell you, but holy crow, tall people. Yeah. Is this the Sheridan in Philly? I stayed at a Sheridan in Philly once. It had like a courtyard inside the hotel lobby. Is that the one? Yeah, it's the Society Hill. Right on the so road. that hotel, when I was there with my family as a, I was a little kid, I met Ralph Kiner. He was there. I have a picture <laughs> with Ralph Kiner, and I'm wearing it's. It must be the 80s because I have on these high socks with the stripes. That, no, no, no. This was like two, three years ago. <laughs> oh, me wearing those socks two, three years yes. ago. Yes. <laughs> It's late. The jokes are going over my head. No, that's all right. Uh, I look at some of the pictures of the fashions that, that we wore. Hard to believe. Oh, man. I wore a Florida Marlins t-shirt today. I just bought it on MLB what? Shop. What? Vintage Marlins, yep. How much did you get paid to buy that? No, no, no. That's a, their, their logo was amazing. You put out money for that? I went to a taco place for lunch before the whole <laughs> pandemic wearing a vintage Florida... <laughs> This is this is what happens when we. Uh, <laughs> this is where we are right now, huh? So I walked in there wearing a vintage Marlins hat, the turquoise hat. Why are you such a Marlins fan? I love their logo. I I love it. I I just love their uniform. So I'm wearing this hat, and 
the manager sees me walk in. He's like, oh, man, that's a great hat. That brings back so many memories. So I, I placed my order, and they totally botched my order. They really did. It was not, I'm, I'm in, So I was debating, do I say something to him because I felt bad? I'm a nice guy. But I said something to him very nicely. He said to me, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm going to fix your home meal. Don't, don't even think twice about it. It's the power of the hat. Wow. Um, it, it's totally forgetting that the people that made the order botched it on purpose because they were wearing a Miami thing to begin with. Yes. Uh, but I will concur that of all of the current logos, if they were to go back to the original logo, the Miami Dolphins must return. Love that. To their original logo. I have an idea, and this will close us out tonight. I'm going to take us through the four major sports leagues. I'm going to, I want you to tell me your favorite uniform in each sport league. How does that sound? Sure. On the spot. I got to think about this one a little bit. Go ahead. Best and, let's, let's see if we can do best and worst. I'm going to start with Major League Baseball. Paul, best uniform. This is current. Or, yeah, best, best current uniform yeah, best current. in Major League Baseball. You know, honestly, and as much grief as I give them, it'd be world champion nationals. Wow. I like their uniform. Worst? Both home and away. What's the worst? Uh, Houston Astros. <laughs> For many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> they come equipped with buzzers. Yep. Dean, best uniform, Major League Baseball. The home pinstripe to the Yankees. Yeah, I knew that was good coming. choice. It's, it, but it's, I actually like it. It's not even just because I'm a Yankees fan. I mean, that is, I, yeah. I could actually say their road uniforms are among the worst. I, uh, I the, ro- the road uh, grays are terrible. I would agree with that. Um, and actually, I, I like, and again, not a Boston Red Sox fan at all. I like the lettering though, for the Red Sox. Yes, it's the classic. flourishes are nice. It's classic. Dean, what's your worst? Worst current or worst yeah. all time? Worst, uh, let's do worst all time. I'm curious what you would say. Oh, uh, the old Padres uniforms. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that. Yep. that yep, yep, they're yep. so ugly, I'd probably wear it just as a spectacle, but th- those were awful. The blue Brewers um, is not good either. <laughs> were they the ones in the baby blue? Yes. I think there was a baby blue Astros at one point, too. The only baby blue outfits that work um, for baseball are the Phillies. Yeah, those work. Yeah, those are great. Those are those are cool. Dean, I'm with you. My favorite Major League Baseball is the home Yankees. Mm-hmm. My worst, Paul, I'm actually not a fan of the Nationals uniforms, but it's not the worst. To me, I'm going to say Rockies. Just that's my gut instinct. Mm. That's oh, I'm okay my with right the Rockies. Away. I like the Rockies uniform. I actually have a Rockies hat, too. So do I. <laughs> yeah. I wear what that with the Marlins. What is with top. you guys? Oh, I got I it. In, I got it in 1993 for just to be clear. So yeah. it was uh, it was expansion era hat. Let, let's go now to uh, that reminds me a quick story. I was at the 1993 All Star Game in Baltimore, and I went to the All Star Fan Fest. Yeah, it's great stadium. And I went to the All Star Fan Fest, which is like this convention for baseball fans. And they were showing. I guess AT and T had a booth where they were showing off video phone technology, and I was wearing a Marlins hat. So I found myself. They were demoing it, and I was talking to a random guy, and he said to me, "Are you a Marlins fan?" So I said, "No." He goes, "Well, then why are you wearing their hat?" And I said to myself, "Well, <laughs> you might have been is, talking to me. That could have been you." <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's head over now to the NBA. Best uniform today. Or I'm going to throw this open. Not today. Best uniform all time. Could be a today, a current uniform. But best uniform. Paul. Seattle Supersonics. Love it. Those Love that uniform. What's your worst? Uh, Minnesota Lakers. 
<laughs> Before they moved to LA, just no, no, no. Dean? Uh, my favorite is the Orlando Magic. Love that uniform. Love yeah, it. That's, I like the color scheme. I like the stripes. I, I guess I'm into stripes. I said pinstripes on the Yankees, too. But I, yeah. Uh, and it could be a little bit of my. I had a fandom when Shaq was there, when he was a rookie. So I, uh, I think I've gravitated towards them. My least favorite are any of the ones where the name on the uniform isn't actually the name of the team. They have these new like alternate uniforms. Now, a lot of the teams have them, so I'm not going to pin it on any one team. I think yeah. you know what I'm talking about, though. I do, yeah. You know, it, it, like Sacktown. No, Sacktown. Right. Don't put Sacktown on your jersey. Well, and that's why I don't like the Minneapolis Lakers, because it's literally NPLS. Yeah, that's another one. I, I don't want no. that. Those are terrible. That's why they're the worst. For my best, I do like the Magic, but I also like the current Miami Heat when they wear those uniforms that have the uh, flashy type of writing, you know, like the bright blue, bright pink, mm. the Miami colors. I like that. With the, with the black base on it? The, I like it black. both with the black and the white base. Yeah, but, I like uh, the one with the, when the shirt's black and they have that. Yeah, it's very sharp. Uh, my worst, I really don't like the Minnesota Timberwolves uniforms. Um I, I, I'm I'm not gonna say Kings because I don't want to upset Amy. <laughs> but we're not getting into mascots, but the Pelicans have the worst mascot of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a podcast unto itself. Yes, it could. Uh, let's head over now to uh, NHL. Um, I actually know my answer. Very, I thought about this, uh, but Paul, we'll we'll start with you. Best the uniform. Best NHL uniform to me is classic the canadians great great uniform i love it love that i love it giant c (laughs) as a bruins fan i will not admit to liking that uniform well of course you can't i can't it's a good looking uniform but i can't admit it i'm a sabers (laughs) fan and it's just you know it's like eh, of all the opponents i like the sabers to play it's them because they get to watch their uniform skate around and get beat what's your worst oh the worst uh has to be the whaler canes <laughs> you talk about the combination with the Hartford Whalers, and then then they moved. No, to, it, it, to it, yeah, yeah, I call them the Whaler Canes. It, no, the, I, the Whaler jerseys were nice. No, the Whalers were great. The yeah, Carolina like the Hurricanes. Hurricane jerseys are terrible. Hur- hurricanes are bad. Yeah, yeah I'm going to co-sign on that one. I'm, I'm going to co-sign that. That that those are terrible. I mean, so the, it's like first game. Yes. Yeah. So Dean, what's your best? Don't uh, think I like wins. the I, I like the Tampa Bay Lightning uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. So for me, I'll tell you my – I'll start with my worst, Minnesota Wild. I really don't like their uniforms. Well, you Arizona, don't like Minnesota. Nothing <laughs> against Minnesota. You got to back on the Twins and, uh, I, I and don't the Vikings like, too? I like the Twins uniforms. I don't like the Arizona Coyotes either. Or is it Arizona? It's, no, it, it, the green is weird. The green's weird. <laughs> yeah. But my, my best uniform in NHL is my favorite uniform in all of sports, and it's weird because it's my local team, but the New Jersey Devils to me have the best uniform in all of sports. It's my personal yeah. favorite. I love the red and the black. Yeah, it's I okay. Like the, I like the Kings jerseys too. Yeah, Kings are good. Yeah, the um, did the Kings change? Are they still with the silver? Well, I, yeah, I guess I should clarify. At least I like the the silver version. Yeah, yeah. you're talking the, the about classic, the black jerseys with the silver. Yeah, like yeah. Gretzky, the Gretzky. Yeah, era. the Gretzky era Kings. Uh, Got it. I, for yeah. some reason, I wasn't going to say Gretzky. I was going to say Yari Curry. Well, that's just me. <laughs> And finally, let's head over to the NFL. Uh, There are so many bad jerseys. This is tough. Uh, 
Paul, what is your best and what is your worst NFL uniform? You could go all time, of course, on this too. Uh, the best uniform is the current Buffalo Bills uniform. Red, white, and blue. White helmets with the white face mask. It is nice. Um, preferably yeah. the blue pants mm-hmm. is my favorite. No color rush. Get that crap out of here. No red. No. no. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. 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 The worst, absolutely, Seattle Seahawks. Yes. They're just so <laughs> bad. All well, versions. They're, they're, they're primetime games, though, especially. What is the term that they use for that? The, uh... the color rush. Color rush, yes, sorry. Yeah, I mean, if, those are if, terrible. If I do have a, a have a backup, and they don't wear them that often, but when the Steelers are wearing their bumblebee with the pantyhose color pants, um, no. Dean, you know, for me, the best one is probably a classics Packers jersey. Mm, yeah, I hadn't 60s. thought about that. Yeah, that's I really great. like those. Um, I I kind of like the Raiders jersey, but I'd never wear it because I just don't like the Raiders. Um, there, there's a there's a few good ones in, in football though. I you know, really actually like the Ravens, uh, the the deep purple yeah. version. I like those quite a bit. Come to think of it, I really enjoy the classicness of not only the Packers but the Colts. Yeah, it's just something simple: three stripes, two colors, go. And it stayed with them since they were in Baltimore. You know, right. it's, it's been kind of, yeah. that's another thing, like in all these sports, like I think about the Cardinals uniforms, the Dodgers uniforms, anything Dodgers that stayed. Is a, Dodgers yeah. is a sharp uniform too. I like the script. The script I mean, I'm not like, I do not like when the Texans go red on red. No. That's, that's a bad just, look. You, yeah. No. No. That's so, like so, when um, the Cowboys went blue on blue. It's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? So, so, Dean, your best football was the Ravens and the uh, I do like the Ravens. I like the classic Packers. Packers. I actually, even though I'm a Jets fan, I like the old school Patriots uniform with the guy hiking the ball. Yeah, Patriot that's, hiking the that's ball. cool. The, uh, not the, the, wor- the, go ahead. Not the, not the what? The floating head phantasm um, <laughs> <laughs> version of Pat. Pat. So ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I think, well, so the, in my mind, jumped jumped right away where the two worst ones are the Broncos, like their version of the throwback, um, not the throwback orange crush, the throwback before that, like from the 30s. Yeah. They look like a mix of like chocolate and mustard. Like it's oh. terrible. Those are, you know, which ones I'm talking about? Yeah. The really, really throwback. Yeah. And, and the other version of that is the Bears with those terrible stripes. Yes. I don't like that. The, I know the, what you're talking about. That, they look like a soccer jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Steelers with the stripes, the Bears. The with Steelers the with the stripes too are bad. Yeah. I don't like when the Jets wear their Titans jerseys. Hate that. No, they don't need to do that ever. But I do like the Jets are going a little bit back to their older logo. It's a subtle right. change, but it looks better. I am not a Jets fan by any stretch of the imagination. That green that they have on the helmet with the sparkle is fantastic. Yeah, yes. it's a good green. It's sharp. I really, I wish the jersey matched it though. Hopefully, they do this year. <laughs> it's like a different green. I give I give my wife grief. I'm like you know, your your team can't even get the same color green. She's a shut up. <laughs> so for me, NFL, the best. Paul, you mentioned a few minutes ago, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that may be my favorite. I love their colors. I I just I love those colors, Miami colors. Those vibrant colors. Are colors. Good. Yep. Uh, my worst, Los Angeles Rams. I would have ah, to say the new ones. Yeah, I don't like the them. new ones. Are really like the, the new brand new ones coming out in 2020. Those are bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind the blue with the yellow horn scroll, like uh, on the helmet at least. I like that part of the Rams uniform. Mm-hmm. I like the Giants. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, but I really like when they're wearing their their blues, the, the home jersey. It's it's a real nice uniform. Yeah, 
I, Although I, I like actually yeah, like the the old '80s giants, all caps letters on the helmets. Yeah, over like the the Phil, the Phil Sims era. Yes, I, I kind of like when the Panthers go on the road and they do the white on white. Mm. That's a good look. Sports uniforms are a big deal. They are. What do we think of the Chiefs? The red pants. Uh, I prefer the Chiefs with their red top white pants. Yeah, That's my favorite I don't know. Joke. I don't know about the red pants with that one. That's weird. And when the Giants wear their red jerseys, that's no. weird. I don't no. like that. Same with the Bills and their red jerseys. No, yeah. go away. Weird that this past season the Bills opened up against Jets Week One, Giants Week Two at at the MetLife Stadium. Yeah, and they won both of them. They won both. I was at the Giants game. They 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 won that. Giants were terrible. Not a surprise. That was fun to listen to. It was, uh, and not to bring up bad memories, but um, it was it was fun to listen to the Bills come back against the Jets, although yeah. both teams played pretty terribly. Well, guys, okay. listen. Oh, go ahead, Dean. Did, 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 say no, nothing I can say with that. Uh, you know, when your quarterback gets mono, it's yeah, it's, it's just yeah. a very Jets thing to have happen. Well, not only <laughs> was he suffering the effects of mono, but your best defensive player went out in the second half. Yeah, that, they they actually had that game in hand until he got hurt. Yep. If I was Darnold, I would not be happy that Flacco is the backup. I would not no, be. No, I wouldn't be either. Although that's not good. I mean, he's as mobile as I am. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It, it, it worked for Dan Marino. It, well, <laughs> Flacco is not Dan Marino. I, I no, he's not. But he has more Super Bowls. He also has much larger eyebrows. <laughs> much. And made more money out of football, believe it or not. Uh, I would agree with that, Yeah. Well, guys, listen. Thank you again for being here on the Stuff We Love podcast. Let's uh, give you another opportunity, just like the previous episode, to tell everyone where they could find you on social media. Dean, start with you. Sure. Uh, probably the best place is Twitter, at CT underscore Mickey underscore man. Go ahead, Paulie, say it. Underscore, 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 underscore. Uh, or if you want to look up the uh, travel agency, we are at AIOT Travel. It's Adventure is Out There Travel. And uh, hopefully in the very near future, things are reopening and things are more comfortable. And we will certainly help you plan all of your travel needs. Not just Disney. Uh, we, we send people everywhere. We Not just theme parks, although we do Universal. We do all cruise lines. So I've sent people to Europe, to Puerto Rico. So you know, wherever, other islands, wherever you want to go. Uh, Give us a shout, and we will do our best to help you. Awesome. Paul? Wow, that was very polished. That was awesome. Um, I am also probably best found on Twitter at EOPaulieNJ. Um, you will be f- able to follow along with my, and particularly with the weekend, summer vacation efforts, uh, beers I'm drinking, and uh, the hashtag today's flower, because I have a lot of flowering plants, and I like to take pictures of them. And the Butter and Bacon Podcast? Yeah, you can find that at Butter and Bacon on Twitter and online. Our episodes are, as Dean said in the last one, fairly evergreen. Uh, we're not usually too topical. Um, I had mentioned starting, if you wanted to start anywhere, with the episode Children of the Corn, um, which actually it reminded me of one of the bracket episodes that Amy and I did for the best snacks in Walt Disney World. I actually made a 128 snack bracket to determine the best snacks. What won that again? Oh, you're going to ask me that? Um, That's a good question. You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. (laughs) Understood. It was not the right choice. 
No, Dean was not happy. A, he was not happy he couldn't attend because he was listening and texting both of us at the same time. He's killing he was listening me. Back to it. He's like, how could you choose this? Um, I had the absolute worst idea, best idea, uh, because there's only two of us. So if we both chose the opposite thing, how do you choose what moves on? I came up with a possession arrow. Yes. <laughs> so they would strategically let their item lose because they wanted to maintain possession arrow. That's right. We had strategy. <laughs> It's really funny. All I know is there are way too many soups on that list. A great soup at Disney World is the lobster bisque soup at the Boathouse. There's nothing better than a soup at Walt Disney World in August. I've done soup in July. Yes. <laughs> at, uh, at the, uh, what do you call it, Yachtsman? Uh, Yachtsman? I thought you were going to say Columbia Harbor House. No, I haven't had. Actually, I have had that soup, but not in July. I once was talking to a waiter at the boathouse about how good the lobster bisque is, and he told me that he'll often finish his shift there, and when he leaves, he pours lobster bisque into a coffee cup and walks drinking it. That sounds great. <laughs> right, right to the employee parking is about a mile and a half away, so he's got he's got a nice steaming cup of lobster bisque. It's like 98 degree humid, 98 degrees and 98 percent humidity. Oh, glorious! You gotta have the shrimp cocktail at the boathouse. It's the the, the best I've ever You've had. You said that, yeah. No, yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah. Amazing. The, the burger at the boathouse is fantastic. So good, so good. I so good. I had, so good. I believe I had the lobster bisque and steak when we were at the boathouse the one time. If you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at scottyboy4. Stuff We Love Podcast is at Stuff We Love Pod. We're on Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. Um, follow us on all your podcast platforms, Apple, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Uh, and the show's done very well. We've gotten good feedback on – I got some feedback on the news episode from the other night. Good good feedback. And the one before that was a music episode. We've got feedback on that. If you build it, they will come, as they say in Field of Dreams. <laughs> yes. Also good uniforms. Also, yes. also good uniform. The black socks. Love yeah, that. Yeah, those are good. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yes. Should be a Hall of Famer. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Yeah. Agree with Shoeless Joe. Do not agree with Charlie Hustle. Also a Hall of Famer. Yeah, see, that's where we disagree. <laughs> it's four thousand plus hits. Hall I'm aware. I'm aware. Our, our all-time hits uh, is not in the Hall of Fame. Our all-time home run is not in the Hall of Fame and will not be for any time soon. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I should have made better the, choices. The team with the most regular season wins did not win a World Series. <laughs> that's 100% right. That, that's true in all sports, by the way. Yes. Also, so In all sp- major sports, the, no team has won the championship after having the most regular season wins in their sports history. Right. That's a fascinating statistic. Uh, 116 win Mariners. You're 16 and 0 Patriots. Yeah. You're 73 and 9 Warriors. And I believe I looked it up, and it's true in hockey. Although I couldn't tell you which team it was, I'd have to Google that. Yeah, because when the Dolphins went undefeated, it was only 13 games. Right. Well, only. Uh, four, yeah, 14. They, 14 they, games. But yeah. That was only a 14 game regular season. So your 16 right. and 0 Patriots did not win the title. No, that was fantastic. <laughs> By the way, I don't care who wins the NBA championship this year. I would just love it. If after winning the championship, they had like some, they went to Cinderella's Royal Table or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, they can't say I'm going to Disney World. Right. They're there. Get to go on Peter Pan with LeBron. Oh, Peter, what? 
he's going to be in the boat with you and the boat in front of you. You ever see any athletes in Disney World when you've been there? Only so Phil Donahue. He's not an athlete. <laughs> Phil Donahue. <laughs> no, I can't even. I I can't even think of anybody famous that I've seen, mm-hmm. other than uh, Ben at Drama Day Bowers. Who? Ben, <laughs> a drama day on Twitter, Bowers. Oh, well, and listen, guys. <laughs> yes. Listen, uh, thanks again for our listeners. Be well, stay safe. Any final words for tonight, gentlemen? Yes, no. it was the 96 Red Wings. All-time wins did not that win sounds, the Stanley Cup. That sounds right. That was. I remember that team was very good, 96 Red Wings. Great uniforms, by the way. I, like, I, I happen to like red more than you guys do, I think. I, I like their uniforms. Uh, I like red in certain stripes. I like reds in my berries. Like straw or rasp. Hmm. Do you like strawberries on a summer evening? Like Harry Styles sings in Watermelon Sugar? <laughs> I think he likes strawberries in the outfield. Better, better than strawberry fields. Forever. Strawberries this are good. Not my favorite fruit, by the way. It's a good fruit. jelly. It does make a good jelly. Yes, yeah, strawberry um, jelly is amazing. Makes a good milkshake. Yes. Um, guys, be well, and uh, thank you to all our listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Toodles. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's our show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great theme song, by the way, Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. Yes.